Let's go. What time is it? It's FitFizz time, my friends. Thank you so much for listening today. Please hit the subscribe or follow button if you haven't already. Today's show is all about concussions and traumatic brain injuries. Concussions fall under an umbrella of traumatic brain injuries, or TBIs for short. I think this is really important stuff to have a baseline knowledge of because you truly never know if someone in your life will have an accident with a head injury and how you might not know how much immediate access to doctors that you might or might not have. But before we dive into it, in case you're wondering why you should listen to me anyway, my name is Kelly Wilson. I'm the owner of FitFistStudio.com and I am a personal trainer nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease educator, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry for over 25 years. I'm here to help hold you to new standards of health, personal growth, behavior change, and transformation to give you knowledge for making the smartest choices for your own health and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. The information shared is for educational and informational purposes only. Nothing should be interpreted as an intent to diagnose you, to treat you, to heal you, or prescribed to you. <laughs> Special thank you to my Fit Fizz Pod Squad, which consists of Wendy C, Jaris H, Zach R, Pamela P, Elise V, Tracy D, DeBear Essentials Podcast, and the Podcast Therapy Podcast. Check those out. Uh, you can join my Fit Fizz Pod Squad by going to patreon.com slash Kelly Wilson, where you'll, you will get discount codes to the FitFizz shop. I have a ton of really great options for the gift giving season in my shop. Um, and I'm already busy shipping out all kinds of holiday orders, which I love to do. Um, I'm, and I'm always also adding new things that I don't always get a chance to share on social media. So whether you join the FitFizz pod squad or not for discounts, check out the Fit, FitFizz shop too by going to fitfizzstudio.com. And there is always uh, free priority shipping on all orders over $35. Let's get into it. Concussions and traumatic brain injury. The first thing people think of when they hear the word concussion is probably football or maybe car accidents. And maybe you know that it means it's some kind of a blow to the head, but things kind of get vague beyond that. Am I right? I think so. I know from all of my from my own experience, all of my years on being uh, on dance teams at various football games, it's always a very serious matter when you see someone take a hit to the head or the way that they fall and you just know it's not good and everyone on the sideline starts whispering the word concussion. Oh my gosh, is it a concussion? I think it's a concussion. <laughs> but I remember many times being on those sidelines and wondering how well of these people knew right away to say, oh, it's probably a concussion. And my mind is all, always works like, but how do we know this? And it can be uncertain before the person is able to get to a trained medical professional. So with today's episode, you're going to have a better understanding of what causes them, what it feels like, and the long-term and short-term effects, uh, what, what kind of protocols that you can do on your own if you can't 
get to a doctor immediately or if you or someone you know is just one of those hard-headed stubborn people that won't go to a doctor (laughs) I think we all know those kind of people Um, but in case you have not heard the term uh, traumatic brain injury before uh, like I said sometimes it's just called TBI for short a concussion is a type of traumatic brain injury and concussions fall into the category of mild TBIs or mild traumatic brain injuries so it's not as serious of a TBI as to where the brain is hemorrhaging, but with a concussion, the soft tissue of the brain has bounced against the hard surface of the skull uh, fairly hard, hard enough to where some kind of careful attention and treatment is definitely needed. And there can be a really long list of consequences if it's left untreated. So even if you had one many years ago, there are still restorative things that you can do if you experience symptoms many years later, which I'm also going to talk about later in the show. I have several friends who played semi-pro and pro football who they will randomly mention that they do feel effects of concussions that took place many, many years ago, which is super unfortunate. But Aside from football, you don't have to be a football player to have a concussion. And so some other common causes of concussions are, like I said, car accidents, sports, and they don't always have to be high impact, but uh, also things like soccer, roller derby, rugby, volleyball, gymnastics, cheerleading stunts, cycling. Um, It can just be from falls at work or at home, unexpected, or if you are doing something kind of dangerous playground accidents, falling on the ice in the wintertime, or even just simply being a kid who hasn't yet developed the self-awareness or balance or decision-making skills when they do something that's physically dangerous. So again, concussions can happen to anyone. Therefore, this episode is definitely for everyone. So I hope you'll keep listening. Um, One thing about sports really quick, though, the American Soccer Association created a recent rule, I think within the last two or three years, that kids must be over age 11 to hit soccer balls with their heads because science on concussions now proves that doing so at an earlier age can be associated with pretty long-term brain injury. However, we also know that the human brain isn't done developing until around age 25 or 26. So there are a lot of doctors who still think that age 11 is still far too low uh, to be hitting things with your head on purpose. Um, a lot of people who have had a concussion might not know that they ever had one or uh, because maybe they didn't go to the doctor to have a full workup in order to find out. And it's also important to note that you don't have to slip into a full loss of consciousness in order to have a concussion. So in case you're thinking that that's a sign of knowing or not, um, you really don't know. You might have you might lose consciousness and you might not. You can have a concussion either way. There are long-term ramifications and head injuries are cumulative, meaning if you've had four of them in your life, you're definitely going to be dealing with a lot more pain and potentially life-altering symptoms, possibly many years later, than if you'd only had one, especially if you never had treatment for the first one or two or three. The NFL has taken concussions more seriously in recent years. You've probably remember, if you watch football at all, you probably remember hearing a lot more about concussions in the past three, four, five years than you ever had before. Um, And it used to be that concussions were not taken seriously at all. They might uh, give someone some smelling salts and say, how many fingers am I holding up? And that was about it. But now, thankfully, it is taken more seriously, especially since we know 
the more long-term serious side effects of traumatic brain injury. Part of what has sparked this to be taken more seriously in, re in recent years is because of the entertainment industry. So you might or might not recall that in 2015, there was a movie called Concussion starring Will Smith. And it was based on a true story of a pro football Hall of Famer named Mike Webster. And Will Smith plays the role of a neurologist who looks at this football player's brain and he discovers brain deterioration that is very similar to what we see with Alzheimer's disease. And he then goes on this mission to let people know that this is actually true and that many football players are putting their lives more in danger than previously thought by having traumatic brain injuries over the course of their careers. And in regards to this movie, this is interesting. There have even been rumors that people within the NFL had the movie makers remove roughly about 30% of the content that they originally wanted to show relating directly to how the NFL has handled concussions um, that have actually happened within the league because the NFL didn't want to be seen in a bad light. Uh, there also have also been athletes who've opted out of multi-million dollar contracts out of concern for being more high risk for multiple hits to the head or traumatic brain injuries. So that's an inter interesting movie based on a true story. If you haven't seen it, it's called Concussion starring Will Smith. It's pretty easy to find if you want to watch that. Another cool thing, next week, you guys, I'm going to have a guest and it is going to be one of my very best dear friends, Dr. Kevin Jackson. He is going to be on the show to talk more in depth about all of this stuff, but he's done some really extensive research and development on concussion-related therapies. He himself played football at University of Illinois, so that will be next week, um, and he can build on everything that I'm going to say today. He is definitely much more of an expert on all of this than I am. I am not an expert, but I'm just giving you some baseline stuff, but today I'm going to lay the groundwork so that next week we, we can have a much deeper conversation, and I have some um, important questions all lined up for him. So. We can look forward to that. So if you or a loved one do ever have a hit to the head, there's no harm in implementing some protective protocols, lifestyle measures, some anti-inflammatory supplements and nutrition in order to take measures to be on the safe side. Plus, if you ever find yourself in a position where you simply cannot afford a doctor by chance, Today's info on the show can serve as, think of it like a starting resource for action steps that you can take to um, just further be proactive if you ever find yourself in that situation. Or you can share it with someone you know who maybe had a possible concussion, but maybe they're too, like I said, too stubborn to see a doctor. And the reasons I say anti-inflammatory supplements is because a traumatic brain injury is basically a very big cascade of many types of inflammation in the brain and also throughout the whole body. It can affect your mood, your gut, sleep, basically any function in the body because the brain is obviously our control center for everything. Concussions can even be a trigger for autoimmune diseases. We talk about this a lot. So this is where it links into everything. Um, and you know, like, I know sometimes people wonder, why are you talking about all these health aspects when you're fit fizz? Well, if you don't have your health together, you're not going to be able to just go do a regular fitness type of workout. So that's how why all of this ties together. So as I was saying, concussions can be a trigger for autoimmune diseases or the perfect storm of pre-existing factors might have already existed 
And then the trauma of a concussion could push all of that over the top and into a full-blown autoimmune disease. Because remember, most autoimmune diseases really come to like their worst fruition soon after a traumatic event of some type. So maybe it's a concussion. Um, the reason that head injuries can lead to autoimmune issues partly has to do with the fact that, you know, taking a blow to the head, it can damage the blood brain barrier. If you're, the blood brain barrier is broken, it allows toxins to come in and they have a lot easier access to the brain that way. It allows antibodies to take over. And that's another thing that can cause a lot of long-term damage. So let's break this down into some basic lists for different aspects of concussion to help you understand it better. These will also all be on my website if you need to refer back to anything. So let's start with what does a concussion feel like? It's important to know that there are acute symptoms, which will happen right away. And then there are long-term symptoms, which can continue weeks, months, years, or even decades later. So let's start with acute symptoms. These are going to happen right away and they're going to be the most noticeable. Things like dizziness, confusion, feeling disoriented, nausea, blurry vision, being sensitive to sound and light. Um, the person might not be aware of events that happened immediately before or after the impact. Unusual eye movement, maybe the eyes glaze over. So the, these symptoms, these acute symptoms, they might show up immediately. They might show up a couple hours later and they might linger around for like one to two weeks after. Those are still considered acute symptoms. And so all these acute symptoms that I just read, those, that whole list can also carry over into the long-term symptoms. Plus we've got even more long-term symptoms. So on top of all of that, other long-term symptoms can be anger issues, depression, leaky gut, digestive issues of food sensitivities that might not have, have existed before, paranoia, dizziness or balance issues. Um, the person, maybe they might have um, trouble focusing on work or they can't seem to get organized. They might have sleep issues, brain fog, neck pain. Um, here's a big one. They might have trouble with crowds or busy social situations. That is because with, and this can happen in all kinds of autoimmune situations too. That is because the brain is just in this fight or flight mode. We've talked about this on the, the trauma issues. And again, this is, you know, impact to the head. It's a, you know, a physical kind of trauma, but people might, you know, if your body's in fight, flight, or freeze, you're just in this like panicked state. So it might be very hard to deal with noise or crowds or busy situations. Um, and then of course, any of any kind of autoimmune conditions, especially anything that you might already be predisposed to genetically or something that runs in your family. When there's a hit to the head, there's also what's known as primary injury and secondary injury. So from what a person feels, we, we talked about what a person feels right away. Now let's talk about what actually happens in the body. Uh, so these are things that you're not going to be able to outwardly see. So what happens when you have that impact? You've got what's called primary injury. There's going to be damage to the neurons. There's tear, there can possibly be tearing of the meninges. Your, their meninges are three membranes that you have. They line the, like they're inside of the skull and outside of the brain. And they help to protect the brain and the spinal cord. If there's any um, shearing or tearing, 
that can happen. Also, upon impact, there's going to be white blood cells that rush to the area. These are your immune cells, and they kind of get put on high alert in that area because they got hit, and they're basically ready to attack anything that seems like anything going on that's out of the norm. And then also, too, this might possibly be an outward symptom, but it can still happen to where it's not actually visible, but the spot can get tender and swollen. This is a protective mechanism, and again, that's another type of inflammation. Those are primary injuries. Then we've got secondary injuries. There's going to be, like I already mentioned, all kinds of inflammatory responses in the brain and possibly throughout the entire body um, because it connects to everything. The nerves are going to change how they fire, and if they begin firing kind of on overdrive, some of the nerves can affect fizzle out and die. Um, that's obviously not good. Also, the pituitary gland and your pituitary function in the brain can get messed up. When that happens, this can affect other organs and the way that happens. So think of your pituitary gland having like a feedback loop with other organs in the body. So if the pituitary gland is damaged in its function in any way, those feedback loops are not going to work the way that they should. And one of the ways, one of the organs that this especially tends to affect is the adrenals, which we've also talked about on the two different adrenal fatigue episodes. Another type of secondary damage, oxidative damage. So think of this kind of like an imbalance of healthy cell turnover rate in the body. When, it, when you think, hear oxidative damage, think of it kind of like rust on a car. So it's normal for cells to have oxidative damage or this figurative type of, let's call it rust. When you have oxidative damage in the cells, your cells might be quote unquote rusting a lot faster than they should be. And the healthy cell turnover rate is not able to keep up like it should. So when you have a traumatic brain injury, it might drastically slow your cells ability to regenerate. You're also going to have a glucose deficit. The brain is not going to be adequately fueled by glucose as it should. So this is where things like brain fog can come in. And um, that alone can trigger even more types of inflammation. There's also going to be leaks of glutamate and calcium, which are excitatory to the neurons. And that can kind of burn out the neurons in your body. And when that happens, it can burn out your mitochondria. You can see episode 37 to learn all about mitochondria, but the mitochondria are all about motors in the cells. So if you're burning out neurons and you're burning out mitochondria, your cells are basically, some of, some of them are just basically dying off. Obviously, that's not good. Again, a little more about glutamate. Glutamate is one of the most powerful neurotransmitters in your whole nervous system. And usually the brain releases glutamate in controlled amounts as your body normally does with all kinds of other things. But then there's this, bam, there's this head injury and there's this inflammatory response. And if the brain cells get injured, those cells eventually release their contents, their glutamate at very high levels. And the receptors who normally sense this glutamate to do their jobs, they become more sensitized which results in what's called immunoexcitotoxicity. So essentially, the brain cells are being stimulated so much beyond the capacity that they're supposed to have, so then they just die off. They're like, we can't take all this excitement. We're just going to die. So obviously, that's not good. And so all of these things are all inflammatory. And they will think of them when you've got all these different types of inflammation going on after impact. Think of it like a smoldering fire. And that smoldering fire might keep happening, like I said, 
days, weeks, months, years, or maybe even decades, especially if you don't do anything proactively to help reduce this smoldering fire of inflammation. Um, your body is just really, really fights to find that like homeostasis again, that level of norm normalcy. This is probably something you're all wondering about treating concussions. So how do we treat concussions? So this list that I'm going to give you, this is very non-medical. It is super important to note that this stuff is like if you cannot get to a doctor or if you're one of those stubborn people who simply won't go to a doctor. I am not saying do these things to heal your concussion. I am not saying that. What I am saying is that these are some things you can do in addition to true medical treatment to help further reduce your symptoms or uh, longer term damage to your cells. Got it? Okay, so let's get into it. So some of the things you can do uh, to, let's say, to optimize treating a concussion, sleep and rest. That's probably pretty logical. Fish oil or omega-3s. This is for, this is an anti-inflammation thing that you can do, but you're going to take it in much higher doses than you would otherwise. Um, I've seen some doctor, doctors recommend 12 to 16 grams per day of fish oil or omega-3s. So since most of you are in the U.S. and we don't use the metric system here, so 12 to 16 grams is 12,000 to 16,000 milligrams. So that's a pretty high dose, but it's still nothing that's going to be toxic or dangerous. It's just going to really help bring down inflammation. So if you always take Advil or Tylenol for pain to bring down inflammation, but you're scared to take this, <laughs> this amount of fish oil for inflammation or pain, you really got to change your thinking a little bit because this is just, you know, it's a natural thing. So, and this is probably one of the most helpful on this list, but a few other things you could do, creatine, turmeric antioxidant rich foods, caffeine, because caffeine is a what's called a vasoconstrictor. It uh, constricts your nerves and blood vessels. Sometimes I take caffeine when I have a headache because I'm not normally a big caffeine person, but it does reduce pressure on my head. So it's the same kind of idea. Also, liposomal CoQ10. Now, liposomal means liquid. So it's usually like in a dropper, you put it under your tongue. So liposomal CoQ10, which stimulates ATP production, which is like energy for your cells. Um, that's also going to greatly reduce inflammation. Also, green tea and green tea extract, same kind of thing. Great for reducing inflammation. Now, um, like I was saying, I don't have doses on a lot of these, but it's also important to keep in mind if you do go digging for information on doses for any of these, whether it's related to concussions or any other reason you want to take it, it it's going to vary person to person. So there, that's why there's just no singular magic dose. So it's always going to make a difference on your body size, how hard you were hit, um, and things like that. So that's why I'm not giving amounts. But one more thing that I do have a little bit of a a dosage recommendation, sort of. CBD oil. Now, some of you might know, I'm going to also do episodes on CBD. So CBD, you can get it with with THC or without THC. And this is where a lot of states are starting to legalize the THC part of it. The THC is the part that can make you feel quote unquote high or have the psychoactive effects. Now, if you want to take CBD to reduce inflammation or pain for a situation like a concussion, this came recommended from a doctor. And if you want to take the CBD with some THC in it, which is going to be 
it's going to be a little bit of THC, but it's not enough to have that psychoactive effect. But the ratio you would want to look for with CBD to THC is going to be a ratio of anywhere from 12 to 1 to 20 to 1. And again, this will be on my website if you um, want a place to look. Moving on. Okay, some other things that have been shown to help in severe and mild brain injuries. Okay, the way you exercise is going to matter. It might, depending on how you feel, how hard you were hit, you might want to do very low intensity exercise, like walking around the neighborhood, not really pushing it. You got to listen to your body. Or if you are feeling pretty good, you could also doing um, high intensity interval training, HIIT exercise. But you want to, this is important. You want to stay away from endurance cardio. It is not good. Endurance cardio, like long, you know, distance running, creates oxidative stress in the body, which you certainly do not need to add more oxidative stress in the body if you're trying to recover from a concussion. So either light exercise or HIIT, which is like spurts. Or if you're also not feeling real well, another thing you could do is if you have access to a pool of some kind, exercise in a pool will be great too because it's not going to be super stressful on the body, but you're still going to get some rehabilitative effects from it. Also, like I mentioned, social situations, it might be really hard for people, especially if you just had a concussion or you're, it, you know, if it just happened a few days ago or a couple of weeks ago. But test your ability to socialize it. Now it's kind of hard with a worldwide pandemic going on, but you know, test yourself and ease into it. Listen to your body. If all of the noise and chatter feels uncomfortable. I know for me personally, and you know, not related to to traumatic brain injury, but related to just trauma and autoimmune stuff. I still um, have, you know, when I have bad days, I still have a hard time being in rooms where there are like overlapping conversations. And it just comes from the brain fog and the trauma and the body being in fight or flight. Um, A couple years ago, I was brought to like full on sobbing tears when I was in social situations because it was that unbearable for me. And luckily it has gotten better, but people with concussions might experience that kind of thing. So if you do have a concussion, you do feel that being in a social situation is overwhelming. Listen to your body. Your body is telling you that is too much stimulation and it is okay to remove yourself from that. Also, another thing that you can do, being outside. Again, I know, you know, worldwide pandemic, at least in the Midwest where, you know, it's going to start getting really cold here soon. But, you know, you might be listening to this uh, seven or eight months from now, it might be summertime. But if you can get outside, especially if you can have bare feet on the ground, not just concrete, if you can, but like grass, soil, that is super beneficial for the nervous system. Also, meditation. Now, meditation can calm the amygdala, amygdala part of the brain. It's going to lower inflammation. But I'm going to get to something a little bit later uh, that's going to explain why meditation might not be an option for everybody. But keep that in mind. thought I'd throw that in, in there for now. Um, also, another thing, this is really expensive, but let's say money is no ob- object. And, you know, when you hear about concussions in the NFL, they have a lot more access to this kind of thing, um, which is stem cell injections into the spine. It's also not even legal everywhere. This is one of those things that I just, I could get riled up about that. I just, I can't believe it's not legal everywhere, but, um, you know, and obviously it's really expensive, but I thought I'd throw that in there. Also, if somebody's had a concussion, if they are sleeping a ton, like, you know, not 
an hour after, if they're just like knocked out, I, I would definitely seek medical help first rather than just let them sleep for an entire day. But let's say this person has a concussion, person gets checked out by the doctor. A couple days later, maybe a couple weeks later, the person is still feeling like they could sleep 10, 12, 14, 16, maybe 18 hours a day. That's okay. The body's going to need that. That's a sign that the body needs that much rest. So if they had a concussion, they've been checked out by a doctor, they still are sleeping that much, that's okay. Consider that normal. Also, stress management is going to be so important because we all know, you know, you get stressed out, your cortisol hormones go up. That is inflammation. And it is a very bad inflammation that can also throw off other hormones. So if a person has had a concussion, do everything you can to keep their stress levels low. Now, here's an interesting one. I know anytime I talk about sex hormones, it seems like if I mention testosterone, women automatically tune it out. And if I mention estrogen, progesterone, men automatically tune it out. But you, everyone needs to realize like we all have all of these hormones on some level and on men or women, any of them can be off and they can have uh, medicinal doses to fix things. So please just don't tune out on me. So here's the thing. Progesterone cream, even in males has been shown to work as a treatment for concussions because it is so anti-inflammatory. It is a neurosteroid and it helps to make a great environment for brain healing. There have been large scale trials on this. Now, some of the studies showed that progesterone cream for concussions failed to be proven as super effective as compared to a placebo. But we could argue that it only appeared that way because it was done as a one drug model, meaning it was not done with other therapies, which is just kind of silly. You can't just be like, here, take this big dose of progesterone, hope your concussion is better. No, it doesn't work like that. You might use it in conjunction with uh, treatments at a medical facility and other supplements and <laughs> cleaning up your diet. So um, that's where I think that study kind of went wrong. And that's why a lot of doctors will prescribe progesterone cream for um, concussions in both men and women. And a typical dose that they prescribe is like 200 to 400 milligrams a day of progesterone that it was in a form, not a cream, but it was in a like a form that it was injected by doctors. Here's another interesting thing. Now, you might have heard of a supplement called NAC. It stands for N-acetylcholine. And um, I've taken it. I have found it to be very helpful uh, when I was having severe brain fog, which is a type, a type of inflammation. But there, is, there was a study done on concussions and being treated with NAC. And this particular study, it was a double-blind, placebo-controlled trial done on an active military field of war on 81 soldiers. If these soldiers were injured and having concussion symptoms, they were rushed to the medic and they were given NAC. Those who were given NAC recovered at a rate of 86%. Those who, who were not given NAC recovered at a rate of 42%. Pretty interesting, huh? So I thought that was pretty cool. And what NAC does is it supports the glucose deficit in the brain that happens, which can persist for weeks or months, uh, because when you have that impact, the mechanisms that transport glucose tend to get damaged. And in some ways, this damage also crosses over into Alzheimer's and various, deform various forms of dementia, where there's just not enough fuel getting into the brain and the neurons have been damaged. Although that's a little bit of a different mechanism that happens with Alzheimer's, but there is a little bit of, of a similar effect there. 
Also, um, NAC has been um, given to kids as well at about half the dose when they have concussions and they have seen positive improvements from that on their symptoms. It's important to note that inflammation is actually a necessary part of healing. So I feel like most of the time I mention inflammation, it's in a sense of like, oh, inflammation bad. But we really also need to remember that inflammation is sometimes good. It's a natural part of the way that your body heals to a concussion or any type of injury because it's, it's just part of the healing process. But if you take things like NAC immediately, you know, if somebody can get you a high dose of NAC, like 20, 30 minutes or an hour after it happens, you can intervene on that potential inflammation before it passes a certain point. Some inflammation is good. It's going to help with healing, but it might go like way overboard. And if it starts to go way overboard, that's when it can start to damage cells. We don't want too much inflammation. But if you can take the NAC, it can prevent that inflammation from going overboard. So that's a huge reason why you also would want to take it as soon as possible. Also, one really important thing I got to throw in there, NAC is one of those supplements where there's a lot of like really junk brands of NAC on the market. It's one of those supplements where I would recommend spending a little bit more, try to do some reading to see which brands people recommend as super high quality because it is one of those supplements where if you just go for the cheapest brand, you might as well skip it. So just note that. Now, there are also different types of brain exercises that might need to be done to rehab different portions of the brain individually after a concussion. These exercises might use um, all the different senses in different ways, smell, sight, balance, touch, etc. And it, not only that, but uh, somebody who helps to heal con- concussions, they might work with the different hemispheres of the brain um, because depending on the way you get hit, the brain might be responding in an off-balanced way in regards to the left and right hemispheres of the brain. So there are um, exercises and treatments in that form that can help to rehab from a concussion, you know, if a medical professional decides that that would be helpful. Also, it's important to get hormone levels checked. I think I mentioned that briefly earlier, but get them checked because they can be affected by by brain injury too. Mostly, like I was saying, if the pituitary gland and pituitary function are affected, then it can most likely, you know, affect the adrenals, can affect all your hormones. So that's another thing to keep in mind. When a person has a concussion or a TBI, traumatic brain injury, it might throw things off in your brain chemistry in such a way that you're not able to get your body into what we call rest and digest mode. So this is like normal calm mode, the opposite of fight or flight mode. So remember how I just mentioned meditation? Well, if you have a concussion, you might be in this active trauma fight or flight mode, and this can cause chronic anxiety, but this can be fixed. I want you to know that. So concussion, like I already said, concussion, a blow to the head, that is physical trauma. This is the, this also is true for emotional trauma too, but sometimes people are physically incapable of truly meditating if they have had an injury to the brain due to physical trauma or like I said, even emotional trauma too, or any kind of trauma. Sometimes people are physically incapable of truly meditating if they've had an injury to the brain due to uh, traumatic brain injury or also emotional trauma. They might not be capable of meditating. And I got to throw this in there. This is why I also think it's just it's irresponsible and not helpful to ever say to somebody, you should really try meditating. Because if you don't care enough about the person to sit and have deeper conversations about their personal trauma, 
to find out if their body is even physically capable of meditation, which if somebody is, if they have had recent trauma or they are in active trauma, they might not be able to meditate. So please just don't blurt that. You should try meditating. Don't blurt that out to people. It is not helpful. If you want to help them in the term of getting them to meditate, spend three, four, five, six hours going deep on a conversation about their trauma before you have the guts to just bluntly say, you should try meditating. Seriously. <laughs> That's my little rant on that. <laughs> okay. Um, so a few other things that can be affected with a concussion are things like self-discipline, breathing, sense of smell, memories, um, short-term or long-term memories. Also, this is an interesting one the ability to love deeply or to show emotions or loving gestures. People who've had concussions might struggle with these things. So keep these things in mind. Maybe someone you love has had a car accident and you see emotional changes in them. These could all be happening due to uh, chemistry changes from the impact. And you should look into treatments that can help them to actually heal in some of the ways that I just mentioned rather than just being like, oh, I think you need an antidepressant because antidepressants are just going to cover it up. It's not going to actually fix what's actually happening. So if you care about somebody, help them get the actual care that they need. Don't just like throw a Band-Aid on it with an antidepressant. So that's a really important thing to think about too. Let's talk really quickly about nutrition in relation to concussions. Once again, I'm not saying, oh, eat these things and your concussion will be healed. I'm not saying that. <laughs> so I, what, I, what I'm saying is you can make the smartest choices, the smartest choices as possible to optimize your recovery time. And it really comes down to just eating nutrient-dense, non-inflammatory foods for a while. To be honest, we should really be doing that all the time anyway, but in case you're not, post-concussion is really the time to take it seriously. So as far as nutrition goes, if you just had a concussion, and you want to take it seriously, and I hope you will, or, you know, maybe you're the caretaker. you got to take care of somebody else. Here are the things that you need to keep in mind. No alcohol or sugar because they are super inflammatory. Try to keep it lower starch, lower glycemic index, anti-inflammatory foods. So no gluten, no trans fats, no dairy, no soy, because all of those things are, are inflammatory on some level. Even if you don't feel it, they are still inflammatory. Lots of cruciferous vegetables. Like I already said, lots of omega-3s, high doses. Also, this is an interesting one. Wild blueberries. Make sure it says wild on the label. Non-wild is not quite as good because of the pigment. And the pigment in the blueberries is what has the healing property, also, which is also known as the anthocyanins. So um, try to keep this up for, I'd say, roughly about eight weeks right after right after the injury if you're if you really want to focus on reducing symptoms and recovery time and as we've talked about before where there's extreme inflammation inflammation in the body you're also pretty highly likely to develop leaky gut if you don't have it already many people already have it or don't know it or refuse to acknowledge it so don't forget to give your gut health some tlc easier said than done especially if someone's leaky gut is triggered by the brain trauma like them being hit on the head but Again, if you're the caretaker for someone who has had a concussion, now you know that doing anything you can to support gut health is going to be highly, highly beneficial for recovery time. Now, one big takeaway 
is that it is never too late to heal brain injury. One study was done where there were former football players who hadn't played in at least 10 to 15 years, but when they played, they had head trauma and they had not previously done anything to treat it. And in this study, they had brain scans done and uh, most of them, they were found to have hormonal damage due to the damage to the pituitary gland. And they were also dealing with things like mood issues and memory problems, anger, depression, also lack of emotions altogether in some cases. So in this study, they were given high doses of fish oil, vitamins, and nutrients for blood flow, such as uh, the NAC that I mentioned. And these doses were determined by you know medical experts. But they were told to exercise if they were overweight, to eat a nutrient-dense diet. Then after six months, this is cool, there was an 80% improvement in mood, irritability, and their brain scans looked better too. 80%. And this was at least 10 to 15 years after their traumatic brain injuries. So sooner is better, obviously, but it's never too late to try to improve any issues like that. The brain is super resilient, but also very fragile. As we get to the bottom of things in any health aspect and put the puzzle pieces together, it isn't unusual to see that several parts of our health are affected. Uh, Just like I mentioned, so many parts of the body and different systems of the body today. And this is part of the downfall of questions like, what supplement do I take for X, Y, and Z? Because people want such a like, check off the box kind of answer. But the complexity in these issues won't ever be solved with a single supplement or an exact foolproof dose or a single diet change. Um, There is no one size fits all brain exercise that's going to make it better. I'm sure you've heard the saying, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So again, don't take any of these things as like, boom, 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 here's your protocol, do it and you're done. It doesn't work like that. I know we want it to, but it doesn't. You have to be willing to explore many of these pieces to optimize the results. And of course, there will, you also need to include medical interventions, which we will discuss next week with Kevin Jackson. So share this with someone if they popped into your head while you were listening. I would love to hear your feedback and chat with you more on any of this on social media. Just search for FitFizz. Let me know what you learned. And until next time, breathe, stay strong, and what? Always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory.